Wow. Well, how are you? How are you doing? How are you doing this fine evening, Pastor McDougal? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm still recuperating from the travel, but other than that, I'm doing. Yeah, you made your way to Alabama. How was that? That was really good. It it just you know this trip was just fast, so it was like there and turn around and come back. There's a lot of stuff going on. We got there with the wedding and everything, so you know that can sort of changes moment by moment depending on what's happening and that kind of thing. So yeah, but it was good. It was How long were you guys there for? Basically a week. Flew in on a Tuesday, left on Tuesday. Okay, we basically mm-hmm. just hit the ground running. You normally have like a few days to relax, sort of get adjusted to everything. Except for, especially for me, it's like, you know, recoup from the flight and all that kind of stuff. Because it's pretty much an all-day thing, and then it's a long drive from. I mean, they have to drive almost two hours from their place to pick us up and then back. So, dang. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad you made it back alive. You know, that's the biggest thing I was concerned about is you making it back in one piece. Your heart yeah, didn't seize up on the flight or anything like that. No, I had some issues, but all in all, it was pretty good. The fl- yeah. the flights were nice. You know, you got the break in between. We had the layover, um, which is good because I need to get and walk around. But, you know, the flights aren't super, super long, so that's, that's kind of nice. But Do you think you could handle gets- a straight shot flight of... Uh, from Washington to Alabama? Uh, no. I mean, just just with that, like if it's an emergency, I probably could, but I would be, you know, taking some risk. At, by, by the time I get there, it's like all my joints are swollen, my legs are swollen. I have a, a cyst in the back of my knee while the fluid builds up in my knee, so it pushes out the back and it causes a cyst back there. So it's like all of that stuff is just like... It's just from sitting for a long period of time, that kind of thing, plus the altitude. So <clears throat> it's kind of risky, but worth it, I think. I, different, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it's worth it. Maybe, maybe to you. I'm glad that you felt like that trip was worth the, uh, the joint inflammation and fluid building within your knees. Um, but if I lost you on that flight, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. So take that into consideration, that every time you decide to fly somewhere far, I'm not rooting for you on that. I'm rooting for you. I'm just not rooting for this idea. Okay. Because better better you miss the wedding of a family friend, no offense, I'm glad you made it, than to miss my wedding, you know, or your daughter's or something like that, you know, because four hours of sitting just, like, did you in. Well, and I was supposed to get my heart checked before I left, and I didn't have time, and I totally spaced that Monday was Memorial Day, so I couldn't even get in. Oh yeah. Beforehand, I was thinking, well, I'll just go Monday, whatever, and then no, and you know, cl- places closed on weekends, so it's kind of like. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Glad the trip went well. Glad that you're back. I was afraid that we weren't going to hit double digits. Like, I was a little nervous that this was going to be the end of the May God Help yeah. Us podcast. They were going to tear apart the duo. The flight was going to do it in. And I was like, death by Alabama, that's just got to be one of the worst ways to go. 
There's a song there waiting for you, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a song to be written right there. There's a song to be written. Death by Alabama. So I'm sure someone's already written that before. That seems like more of a Shane song to write anyways. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, how's your week been? How's the last couple weeks been? Because we missed, uh, for you guys won't know, because this, the podcast should potentially, but probably won't come out on time. Um, but we were supposed to record, we were supposed to record last week and then I didn't hit you up cause I forgot. And then you never said anything to me. And then I realized that you were in Alabama that day. And so we didn't get the chance to, to get in contact. So it's been like what, three weeks since you and I have conversed last. So yeah. how have you been? What have you, what have you been it's up been to? Bit. It's been good. Just busy, you know, like, cause we're getting, you know, getting ready to leave. There's stuff you need to get sorted out before you go mm -hmm. your mom had you know mom and i are counseling folks and so it's getting all that stuff figured out before and beforehand so they can have that time up but it you know it didn't i i got there and it was like the first two days i was like all through the night non-stop texts from different uh, people so do which you, is good <laughs> it's just you can't now for your own personal life your own personal like walk of the lord and stuff when you are because i know a lot of people like routine is so key and they can do really yeah. well under their routine and this is something that i've been trying to grow through and grow out of because there's been periods of times in my life where i have a certain routine that's going really well and it's working really well for me and there's like three weeks of just crushing it doing really great and then something new enters the equation something new pops up a new scheduling new whatever and it kind of throws me for a little bit of a loop um yeah. And I feel like sometimes vacations can be a similar thing where it's like, okay, someone else is in the house. There's more going on. There's more things happening. It's harder to get that quiet alone time, that quiet just, I don't know. So how do you feel like it affects you when your regular routine is broken? And then how do you kind of work around that and still prioritize your walk of the Lord in the midst of other things going on, especially when there are other, like, we're here with these people right now. We only get this much time with them. So it's we need to make the most of each moment we get with them. Like, how do you make sure you're still cutting out plenty of time for your own relationship with the Lord? Well, I, for me, I guess it kind of is helpful in a number of ways that I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. It's been a few. So it's, it's kind of, yeah. So it's kind of easy to slip back into it, so to speak. You know, but at the same time, you know, when like on this kind of trip, I'm usually going to speak there, which I did. And so it's like I know ahead of time. And so on on their end, they know and understand. So then I, you know, mm -hmm. they're fine if you say, look, I'm not going to come over to the house right away. I'm going to spend some time this afternoon getting some studying done. And then I'll, I'll, I'll come over later and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's just that's just helpful. <laughs> I mean, and it partly it's just because of what, you know, what I do. So it's like, you know, that's, that's my job, so to speak. So it's like people expect that and then sort of know that those who understand. Yeah. So I can usually do that, especially going there. But, you know, other times it's, if it's a, a major shift in schedule, the nice thing is I have the night times and that's usually where I, I spend my time quiet reflection and do a lot of work anyway. And then when I can't sleep, like, on this trip at nights, I just take that as God give me a window to, to work on stuff. And so I just do it in the evening 
so mm-hmm. I can kind of make up for for time otherwise. It just depends on how, on someone's schedule. Like your mom, she's got to get up early. That's when she has her time with the Lord, and so being able to do that is important for her. Where I can, I mean, most assuredly, everyone's going to go to bed eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's guaranteed. So that's guaranteed. I, I at least can have that time, you know, to do. But it gets a little pressed sometimes, especially when you're your guest speaker, because you know, you're, people just say, "Well, just throw something old together that you've done before." But I can't just do that. I can't regurgitate something. Yeah, it's not really how know? it works. And, yeah, and you have to be able to process it and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you just try to find windows of time that you can you can take that time to focus and, and do what you need to do. I mean, I think the but the one thing that a, what I, I just say you just have to be sort of have a little bit of flexibility. Like at the wedding, I just took my backpack and computer and I sat in the van, turned their conditioning on and, and worked while they were doing <laughs> prep stuff for the wedding, you know? So it's like, I, I'm used to finding those little spaces and time where I can just, you know, get a little bit of work done. So, well, something that's been, uh, interesting for me when it comes to that is, I don't know, realizing that I'm not, my time in the word or my time with God doesn't have to be this sit down. I got the notebook out. I got the highlighters, the colored pencils. I'm ready to, I'm locked in for 45 minutes and I'm going to study through this chapter and outline the entire thing and really like dive deep into all this. And, and not that there's not that that shouldn't be a part of my life and a part of my day. I don't think I, I don't really think there's anybody out here that's living a life in which they can't find a solid hour of time to just dedicate to praying and and reading and stuff. And I don't, I don't every day have that, you know, every day I don't, but I, I think that it's almost removed the pressure for me because I've, I've, I'm like, I'm not. I don't need to get my whole time in right now or whatever. Like I, I plan on being in the word and in prayer little bits like every hour, every hour and a half, every little bit throughout the day. Like just take a break, go sit down in the corner, go like even like at work sometimes I'll just go walk off to the bathroom and just go sit in there for like five minutes and just kind of pray through a psalm and then go back to work. And it doesn't have yeah. to be this big ordeal every time. And that allows, I feel like it's allowed me to find it allows me to feel less overwhelmed because sometimes I'm like, ugh, I know that I need to do this. I need to read and pray before I do anything after work. So when I come home, that needs to be first thing. And a lot, and there's these times where I'm just like, oh boy, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I don't like, I don't even know if I have it in me. And, but you don't have to have this mentality of like, okay, this needs to be a marathon the rest of the evening. I need to just start studying. You know, and I understand it's different for you because that is your job. But taking that pressure off, realizing it can be five minutes, it can be 15 minutes. And so a lot of times I'll sit down for something that in my mind, I'm like, this could be five minutes. And it turns into 40 minutes because it just, I just start going. And it just, God is just talking back to me and he's showing me things and I don't feel like stopping and there's nothing interrupting me. But if you, if you do five minutes of just really prayer meditation and then, if you're a parent, one of your kids walks in the door and then you need to go hand, like, don't feel like, Oh no, I've lost my time. It's like, well, you just spent time. And then later in like 30 minutes, an hour from now, you might have another five to 10 minutes of time to be able to just kind of spend it there and then go back to life. And it doesn't feel like this 
if I don't get my hour in the morning, then my day is just ruined. Yeah, well, there's a balance because you it's not like your study time is just that's it. And then once you've you've put that time in, either you don't just walk away you from don't clock it out of Christianity. Because, well, but that's the point of meditation in the Old Testament is that you one take it in, you memorize the word, you you read over it numerous times it's in you then you can think through whatever you're studying through so you can put the pen and paper aside and be off in your day and still be thinking through what you're doing i mean for a lot of time for me that's what it is it's just processing the truths that are there Mm. and thinking through it but you know you got to get it in you first yeah but it's it's taking it with you through the day right it's it's you know thinking on it while you're at work or whatever you're doing throughout the course of your day is just meditating on those truths. So I think that's why that's why it's important to have a book you're studying and you're going to set from going from beginning to end. And then if you have other things that you read, I mean, I mean, I got like three, four, five, six books. Maybe I'll be studying for different reasons, you know? So it's like you can have more than one going at, at a time kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is nice to, to sort of think, well, I can do it throughout the day or spend time in prayer. You know, because people have asked me that, well, what do you do with prayer time? I said, well, I have a time that I spend in prayer, usually two times a day or so on. But at the same time, we're told to pray continuously. Yeah. So it's like throughout my day. And sometimes it's like with Nehemiah when the king asked him, why are you so downcast? And it says that I spoke to the Lord and then I answered the king likely it was just a short little quick prayer to God and then he responded and to me that was such a uh, a realization of that you can just talk to God and it doesn't have to be a long conversation even right of just yeah you know, help me with this decision and then you go into making it or you know whatever it is that you're doing it doesn't always have to be that you know those set aside times to do well and for me I I think that sometimes I get I feel discouraged because I will sit down to pray and it won't be this. I want to have like almost like I'm having a full. Sorry, if you, I don't know if you guys can hear this in the background, but the cat that we own is going just bananas because <laughs> I'm in a room with the door shut and she can't tolerate other things happening without her being involved. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to ignore her, but. Um, but it's. I sometimes feel discouraged because I will just like, I, I want to sit down and have a very fluid conversation, but sometimes like all I have to say is like two sentences. That's all I really have right now to, to directly pray to God. And sometimes I'll be laying in bed and I'll be like, I want to be praying. I want to be meditating. But sometimes my thoughts just kind of wander and they're not on like to bad things, but it's just, they're wandering into different scenarios, conversations I have with people earlier in the day that I'm kind of replaying through answers that I gave to people. And then I'll think through and be like, maybe I would have said this differently. Maybe next time, if we talk about this, I'll say this kind of thing. And, uh, and then I'm like, well, uh, and, and then I realize like, oh, I'm not addressing it to God. I'm just thinking. And I'm like, is that wrong? Because I'm not praying. I'm just thinking. And I'm not like re- talking as if I'm talking to him. And I've, I kind of started to stress myself out about that. And, and I kind of just took a step back and I was like, you know, first of all, he created my brain. He knows how it works. He knows that I skip around a little bit and I can just kind of jump from little thing to little thing. And there's nothing, 
really wrong with that because what if I'm thinking and insisting on thinking on something, but the spirit wants to guide me to think on something else? And there's a different truth for me to ponder. There's a different scenario that I need to think about. There's a different conviction that needs to be put on my heart. And uh, if I refuse, because I'm like, no, I've already made up my mind that this is what I'm talking about. And so if I break from it, then it's kind of weird. It's not like I'm actually, like I haven't finished this whole thought out yet with him. And uh, and also realizing that it could just be, I could just be thinking for 10 minutes. And then I'm like, you know, God, thank you for this. Or help me, help me deal with this thing. Or how do you want me to handle the situation yeah. next time? Can you show me next time what you want me to do here? And majority of it was just kind of letting my mind just kind of think, but I'm, 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 God is right there with me and I'm full, I'm filled with the spirit at the same time. So my mind doesn't just wander wherever. Um, but I continuously bring it back and readdress him and re ask for advice, ask for insight or whatever. And it feels less of this. I have to come down and sit down and just talk at him for 10 minutes or else this isn't like a real conversation or whatever, you know? Well, it's kind of the thing that I think that people struggle with in their walk is the, we get used to, you know, we go to Bible study midweek, we go Sunday, we do those things, which is, you know, vitally important for us as believers, that body life. But we have this sort of mentality then that we go to those things and that's where we be spiritual. And then when we go to work, we're kind of, you know, not trying to be like the world, but we're just, you know, it's work. And so we put on our, you know, work attitude or whatever else like that. And for lack of a better way to express it, I think that as believers, we really need to be walking around in a God consciousness. In other words, when Proverbs tells us in chapter 3, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways knowing Him. That's like constant realization of God and His existence and who He is in every moment of our day. Mm. Yeah. Right? It's not just like we reach out to Him when we have a need, we reach out in this, but it's just walking in the presence of God. And the realization that fact that he is and he is right with us wherever we're going and he knows what we're thinking and all of these things. It's just walking with the awareness that that is so. I I think it becomes too easy for us sometimes to sort of, well, this is my God moment of the day, but he's not a part of my thought process the rest of the day. Right. He sort of becomes this, you know, added extra sort of. Yeah element to our equation he's there but he's off in the margin somewhere the peripheral but not necessarily are we aware of him in the midst of factoring all of these other things together well and i've heard that verse even inter uh, translated in all our ways acknowledge him which for me it's like this i'm i'm sitting down to eat a meal and i'm just just taking the simple acknowledgement that that he's created food as a concept and he's designed all these different flavors and these different textures and things that we can like combine and enjoy. It's like, you know, God, thank you so much that this is something that I get to partake in or, or just even through, I mean, it's just, you, you have an issue that comes up or you have a thought that passes your head and just acknowledging the fact that God is listening. He knows your thoughts. He knows where you're at. And you're just like, Hey, what, what should I do about this? And, And I know I've, I've, it's a common thing that I hear from people of, and I don't know what, I'm curious what you think about this, but um, a common thing that I run across is people saying basically like, 
why do I need to, like if God already knows exactly what I'm thinking and exactly what I'm feeling and exactly what I'm doing, then why do I need to talk to him directly about anything? And I'm curious how you feel or what your answer would be to that. Well, one is that you then realize that you're not informing something God of something that he doesn't know, right? Mm-hmm. And most often in our conversations with God is is uh, is partly in us just surrendering to his will and things, which we're not normally inclined to do. Mm. You okay. Know? And so when you look at it, life and decisions that we make and all of that stuff, it is seeking the will of God, like Christ in Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. Even for the son, he prayed that because it was such a, a grievous moment in his life. He knew what he was facing, right, in his humanity. This is him going to the Father. And so part of it is that, of just aligning our will with his. Hmm. The other side is that oftentimes we need to confess things to God, not just sin, but also trust in him or commitment to him it's like the woman who touched the the fringe of Jesus' garment was healed it wasn't that he didn't know right but he wanted to make an example of her faith and bring it out and so he called her out and said okay who touched me right yeah to, to make it public and so even for ourselves there are things that we need to affirm and acknowledge and commit to god and and for us we need to you know to do that but also in a sense of through that process, God helps us to to sort of understand him more clearly because, you know, we go to him, we look for comprehension for ourselves, right? Help me to understand what it is that, that I need to be doing or how can I, you know, bear forth this fruit of the Spirit in the way that you would want me to and those kinds of things. So there are various reasons why we would do that. The other is just, you know, things of need we do not have because we do not ask. And we need to go to God to ask for those things. And a part of his design, that's how he's designed it to be, that certain things that we will partake of or benefit from come as a result of us going to him in prayer and asking. Well, I think another but it's thing. Also just, it's also just being able to unbear our soul to him mm. because there are burdens that we have, and instead of carrying them around ourselves, we can just unload them on him and he, he will take them on, you know? Well, and, and two, I feel like I feel like it's such a detrimental lie to be told or to tell yourself or to buy into um, because you're missing out on the relationship, which in my opinion is is the thing that we've been offered. God exists. God knows. God is working. God is doing what he's going to do regardless of us. But we've been offered the chance to have an intimate, personal relationship with him where he knows us and loves us, and we get to strive to know him and love him. And so you're missing out when you don't have just a one-on-one conversation in the morning, on the drive to work, yeah. on your drive home, on your lunch, just just sharing in life with him, just being like, damn, this, is really, this food is great, this moment is great, God, you're so good because you've blessed us with this, or or even just unloading with just like, hey, God, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't feel like it. I do not feel like acting this way, treating this person this way. I am overwhelmingly angry and annoyed, and I don't know what to do about it. And I know that this is this is not how you call me to act. And I'm going to need your help to get through this. And even though he knows that, 
He knows how you feel. You know, and he knows what you need. But it's it's just you miss out on the relationship aspect, the 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 back and forth and and um I don't know, I feel like you're robbing yourself of so much to it. There's so much there when you can just truly unpack how you feel and know that he's eagerly listening and ready to and ready to do something about it. Well, and what the psalmist describes is is us drawing near to God, right? Mm. I mean, we create such a distance when we don't pray and speak with him and commune with him and and that's an opportunity for us to draw near to God and and you know, unbear ourselves to him and and lay the things out before him, but also it's an act of dependence. We we recognize we can't walk through this life alone and do it on our own and and that we need him. And so being in his presence through prayer like that is just a great way for us to to cultivate that relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at Christ, it's interesting. Like Mark's gospel, we only have two mentions of Christ being in prayer, but it's at the beginning of the gospel and at the end of the gospel. And it's understood that he provides sort of like this inclusio at the beginning of his ministry, end of his ministry. The point was that everything he did was, you know, was bathed in prayer and communion with the Father. Yeah. And we have it expressed the same in in other Gospels, different ways that they express that. But there was that constant connection that the Son had because he was seeking to do the Father's will in everything. He says, I don't do this of my own accord, right? But it's the Father in me doing that. We're to walk through life doing the same thing, being completely dependent upon the Father and fulfilling His will in our life. Well, you can't do that disconnected from and You can't do that, yeah. you know, when there's distance. And that's part of the way, even with that confession of sin in our prayer, it, the acknowledgement of the specific sins that we do, yeah. having that kind of intimacy, but the, the willingness to to confess those things that way because... You can sort of give this blanket statement of, you know, forgive me of my sins. Of my sins, yeah. He will, yeah. But when you're specific, then you're acknowledging before God, yes, this is an area which I violated your will. Mm-hmm. This is what I need to get right in. And therefore, plus when you can you confess specifically what you're dealing with, then you can find the proper remedy for what you're dealing with, right? If you yeah. can't even acknowledge that, well, I lied and I ha- seem to be habitually doing this <laughs> regularly in my life, telling, right, f- complete fabrications to people, I need to, right, I need to speak the truth and so on. But when you can, you know, confess things clearly like that, then you know what the remedy is. But if it's just sort of like this generalized blanket statement, which oftentimes we do, and we fail to get specific and get real and be open and honest with God, he already knows this, but we need to acknowledge it in our own hearts before him. But it's in that those moments we're willing to do that, that there is a greater intimacy that we have with God because it's like we're removing barriers when we do this yeah. in our life, when we're yeah. willing to go to him, we're willing to to take our burdens to him and do these kinds of things. We're removing barriers between ourselves and him that are there simply because we live in a, in in a sinful fallen world, but also because then we're sinners and we always put things up in the way. And so it's just one of those amazing realities for us spiritually, but so few actually do it, which is rather unfortunate. Well, I think for me, struggle in life greater. 
for me it's been a, it's been a struggle at times to be honest about when it comes to confessing sins and talking about it sometimes i want to give general examples in my prayer which is silly because he knows exactly what my actual issues are um no. but it's because I, I don't want to acknowledge it yet. I don't want to acknowledge that X, Y, or Z is a glaring issue. That I'm not handling this right. And that there is something in the core of this that is wrong with how I am acting. And that means that then something has to be done about it. You know, it's one thing to be like, oh, God, forgive me for my shortcomings and for my sins of today. And I pray that I do better tomorrow. But if you're like, God, I, I, um, like... God, please forgive me for clocking out of lunch and then sitting around on my phone for 15 to 20 minutes more doing nothing and just kind of stealing time from the company. And even though it's commonplace, it's just I know that that is wrong. That is a uh, that is I mean, I think it's taking his name in vain, which I feel like we've we've watered down to saying OMG or something like that. But it's it's really going out there claiming the name of God on our putting that jersey on our backs and then not acting accordingly which is unfortunately something we take his name in vain at least I feel like I do it on a regular basis because I, I you know I, I just because I fall short but um, but the other side if you if you cultivate the habit of and pattern of life that you confess things when they happen and yeah. you right when that moment you acknowledge that it's wrong right when you're aware of it and you're like oh man i should have you know what i mean to to do that at that moment because otherwise we then get in the habit of just putting things off right and and when we get in the habit of just not responding to things we can find ourselves becoming callous to them it's like a, you don't want to be overly sensitive, right, in your conscience, but at the same time, we can sort of harden ourselves a bit to the things in our life, the sin and so on, when we don't deal with them immediately and just sort of put them off. Um, what do you think that oversensitivity in your conscience looks like? The only time I think biblically where we have an issue of uh, ultra-sensitive conscience comes with the issue of freedoms, you know, and, and you know, people do this. They just they feel a sense of guilt over something that isn't wrong, mm. you know. Mm. Like with Paul, they you know, you had the Corinthians who were, you know, <clears throat> people knew that they could eat meat sacrificed idols because they would go offer up the meat in these temples to these false gods and then they would take the meat and they would sell it in the marketplace so you could get it you know rather inexpensive and so on and you could purchase it and eat it and it would be fine and most understood that was fine there's nothing wrong with it you know yeah. but for some in their conscience they they just you know that they felt guilty for for eating it and so therefore they shouldn't have eaten it right until they came to understand that there's nothing to it, you know? So well, I, think I think usually with the issue of a sensitive conscience or like with, you know, just different things that, you know, going to the movies or something like that for some, they're yeah, okay with yeah. it, right? Not that you, you can go watch whatever you jolly well please, but, you know, <laughs> there's, there's discernment there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you have those who mm -hmm. just like 
overly like wouldn't even darken the doorway of a movie theater because yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, the thoughts of Well, and that's why I think that it that's where you have to know the word because that's yeah. when I feel like preaching the truth to yourself has become something that I've realized is so important. It's so necessary to my life is that I have to know the truth so that I can remind myself of the truth. Remind me, okay, yeah. why do I feel like, is there anything wrong about what I'm doing? And it's like, okay, let me let me lay out exactly what I'm doing and exactly what is right and what is wrong. Is what I'm doing aligned with that? It, am I good? Great. Then I don't have to give it a second thought. And I don't have to let useless anxieties just run around my head. Um, when I know that down to the letter, I am, I am okay. I am in the clear. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an interesting thing that you bring up, and that kind of brings me to another thing that I was going to ask you about the whole movie theater thing. Uh, I was in church, I think this was a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> and uh, my pastor was talking through James, I want to say chapter three, maybe chapter two, chapter three, I can't remember. Um, but it was about basically. Maybe it was chapter two because it was about taming the tongue and unwholesome speech and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that just because you aren't saying the thing doesn't mean that you are not supporting the thing. If you're willing to sit in the room and listen to a bunch of people gossip about other people, yeah, you might not be gossiping, but you are you are condoning it by allowing yourself to be entertained by it, by listening and, and kind of laughing along and doing whatever. Even if you're not partaking and joining in, you're still a part of the action. And you need to remove yourself from that scenario make it clear that that's something that you don't partake in, you don't tolerate, and you're not going to be a part of, and you're not going to be in the room while it's happening. Um, and then he said the same thing for things such as movies or shows or music he's like he's like yeah you might not go and and you might not be saying the types of things that certain people are saying in this movie that you're watching but if you're at the theater watching the movie you're supporting the movie like you are laughing along or you are okay with consuming this kind of content and uh, that made me start to think a lot because i i consume uh, i mean i I don't consume very much. It feels like it becomes less and less do I consume non-Christian content. But I do consume mostly non-Christian music, and that's mostly just because I I've, I struggle to find Christian music I like. I listen to the th- things that I find that I do like. I listen on repeat like crazy until I burn it out because I'm just so happy to have something I enjoy that's that's also glorifying to God. But yeah. unfortunately, I feel like sometimes it's a little sparse out there. So... My question is, when consuming things, movies, shows, whatever, music, where do we draw that line? Where do we say, okay, it's okay if I watch a show or a movie where they may say some things that I wouldn't say. Or there might be a movie that has maybe not like a super explicit sex scene, but it's implied that there's that they went and had sex. And it's like, okay, well, should I immediately shut this movie off and walk out of the theater or something? Or should I... Like where do I where do I draw that line? What is okay? What is not okay? What would you say about that? 
Well, it's kind of tough to to draw a general overall and say, okay, this is what you do. I mean, I get what he's saying. Yeah. Right. And there's a difference between, you know, this is why. So you can just get to the truth of it and 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 deal with it. Then sometimes you have to cut a lot of fat off around the edges to to get to that meat. But yeah, you know, one you have to ask yourself, well, who am I with, right? Am I with believers, unbelievers, and that kind of thing? Okay. Talking about conversation, all that, right? Because, you know, if you're going to talk about sort of being away from or not having any kind of association with anything that's of the world, then you'd have to be out of the world completely. Mm. It's like, well, some people do that like, well, okay, if you buy this particular product, right, this company supports this, that, and the other thing. Well, if I started doing that across the board with everything, you'd probably never go to a store. I couldn't own anything. You know, I couldn't ever have buy to grow anything. Your own. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think that there's there's some caution in that. You know what I mean? But I understand what he's getting at with the the sense of you know affirming things by what we do, not merely just by what we say. And there is great truth yeah. in that because we can find ourselves doing that. You know. I mean, when it comes to movies, like, can you watch that with your Bible open? If you can't, maybe you need to rethink what, yeah, you're, yeah, what maybe you're watching. A, yeah. But, but you know, when you're talking about entertainment, you know, there's always that, that caution I've always given, right? Because that's when we want to just relax, mm-hmm. put our feet up, and mm-hmm. not think, right? But that's usually then when we're going to just drink things in. But that's yeah. when you really need to be discerning as a believer. Mm. And you can appreciate... In, in an unbeliever, you can appreciate gifts and talents that are given because those are given by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just as much as spiritual gifts are given for us in the body of Christ. And I think a lot of people don't consider that when they look at art and literature and all those kinds of things, right? Because then, okay, you can't read any secular book. You can't do anything in the secular world. I can't go look at secular artists and their paintings, right? Yeah. And yeah. on and on it goes, and it's like, okay, so you know, now I can't. I w- I'm going to put blinders on and walk through the world. It's not going to happen, right? Am I going to completely divest myself of this world? Well, I'm supposed to make disciples of all the nations, so I've got to encounter somebody, mm-hmm. and I'm going to encounter their sinfulness and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I get what he's saying. I'm just, you know, I would say just at the same time, you know, be discerning. Well, and, and because you know what you're you know what you're drinking in, but I can appreciate a, an artistic ability, and this is a frustration I think even with you know especially for young people, because you see high end work done artistically for videos and movies and all this kind of stuff, right? And yeah. then you go and see believers, and it's like you you know we're watching this video. On, on creationism and that and it was a great set of videos but the camera work was terrible yeah. and half the time you're looking up the guy's nostril his nose hairs who yeah. wants right it's so distracting <laughs> it's like and it's such a and it's like you're saying great truth but the way yeah. that you're presenting this is so terrible that it's like people can't even focus and i think they ought to be able to focus and i think it's like with worship i don't if someone's off key you should still be able to get through this yes Yes. But it still has a f- an effect on you, right? It, it still impacts that. And so I just kind of look and say, you know, 
so there's sort of a disconnect, I think, too, with believers and how we do that. It's like we, we don't acknowledge the spirit in creativity. Mm. Well, I, I so think I can. Well, I was to say, I think oh. when you're consuming, if you're consuming like. I think that this almost becomes a problem for the, when you're in that mindset of this is my time with God. I have the morning and I have my evening or whatever, and then I, then I have the rest of my day. But when you're trying to, in all things, acknowledge God and he will make your path straight, then while you're doing it, while you're watching anything, while you're at the theater with your friends, while you're watching YouTube by yourself, while you're listening to music in the car— Regardless of what it is, you're still engaging in these things and partaking in these things with him. So there you yeah. leave yourself open to be convicted that maybe that something about this isn't right. But at the same time, there is the ability to appreciate the art of others. And like, because he said, and I did happen to disagree with him on this remark, was that he's like, well, if you want to watch stand up comedy, he's like, I don't see for myself how I can watch non-believers and just be laughing along to certain things when every other line is something that I wouldn't say or agree with myself. He's like, there's go find Christian comedians. There are plenty of ones that are out there that are good. He's like, there are plenty of ones out there that are terrible. He goes, but you know, and, and that is true. And unfortunately there's more terrible ones than good ones, but that's, that's how it is with every art form, Christian or non-Christian. It's just, there's a smaller pool of people to pick from. So it's harder to find good stuff, but um, but at the same but you time, can find, you can, you can find ones that aren't like, because I, like I you tell you guys, I, you know, I can ruin movies cause I can do that. Watch a movie and I can just tear it to shreds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I can nitpick everything, but there are sometimes when you watch something and it's like, they're so intentionally trying to bombard you. Right. Mm -hmm. With their viewpoint. And then there are those who are just trying to tell a story and the, f and, and the fact that we behave what we believe, those things are going to come out. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I, to me, there's a difference in that. One is attempted indoctrination of your sinful beliefs and so on. And the other is they're just right. It comes out because this is what they believe in. This is who they are. This is who they are. Yeah. Right. And well, I'm and not saying and I'm not saying oh we should go out and you know watch anything everything and what have you mm -hmm. i'm just saying we need to be discerning when we when we do these things right mm. because you can start doing everything to the nth degree of you know you got people who won't do anything on on halloween right and they make such such protests about it it could be a time to reach out to your neighbors right if you yeah. just realize it's nothing right and therefore i'm just going to go out with my neighbors and it's a time for me to spend time with them and their kids and get free candy and i can evangelize and i can do that or open up your house and invite them in and hold, have a harvest party if you really yeah. don't want to you know what i mean it's like there's a point where you move towards this self-righteous legalistic kind of mentality and that's not good either you get caught in this, like, looking down your nose at things where you're like, I could yeah. never partake. I could never imagine this or that. And I, I think there is a limit because for me, I love comedy. I love watching comedians. And there are some, there are a, a select few really, really great Christian comedians. And there are also a plethora of them that are not very funny, in my opinion. 
Um, but there are so many other comedians too that are not that I love. And I'll watch a set. Well, and it's the but their stuff is not crass, vulgar. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not like Well and, and even even if it is though, like well here's the thing. Even if it is at times, it's not that they're being crass for the sake of it. It's just like you said, it is who they are. They're not a believer. They don't have that inside of them. So they are going to let out who they truly are, come out to the outside. But there, I don't have to laugh at every joke. There are plenty of jokes where like 75% of the set, I was dying laughing. And then 25% of it, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way because it just really contradicted things. And I was just like, yeah, I don't find that funny because that's something that I, it's just not a joking matter or that way that you looked at it is just not at all the way I look at it. And that's fine. But if you're in a room of other people, of your friends, and you're watching a thing, you don't have to walk out the room. But you also shouldn't feel compelled that I have to laugh at all the jokes that I disagree with because they're going to look weird at me and like, why can't you just laugh at that? Like, why are you... Like, if it contradicts things that you believe and it puts you off because you're like, uh, that's not something I would joke about, then don't laugh. And that's a great opportunity for you to start a conversation with the person next to you with one of your buddies who's like, oh, I don't know why he didn't find this section as funny as the rest of us did. And it's like, well, I don't joke about this is a subject that's a little more touchy for me because of X, Y, or Z. And you can go into that. But it's it doesn't have to be this overall, well, they said... They said they had a sex joke, so the whole hour and 45-minute special, that's out the window. You can't watch any of it because they had one joke that was a little bit too inappropriate for me. And, I mean, I don't know. One has to to be cautious because, you know, with Ephesians 5, right, and he's dealing with the issue of immorality and no no coarse jesting, there are Mm -hmm. things that we as, as believers shouldn't take in. Yeah. And we shouldn't listen to and really shouldn't come from us. But what happens is, is that if we put ourselves in certain environments often enough, it will wear us down to where then we become less sensitive to those things. Yeah. And easily accepting them of them. This is why comedy is a great thing. Same with music. Right. It's mm-hmm. a great way. And God has given us a sense of humor and ability to do art, and all that kind of stuff. But it's also a way in which things can enter into our life so much easier. If we can laugh at something that's really immoral, right? Yeah. Then it's, it, 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 it drops our guard towards those kinds of things. And Satan will do that at times too, where he will, something in society will be exposed that is so shocking, right? Like with the abortion issue and, and taking the life of these babies and then selling the body parts and people were so aghast about it and oh this is such a horrible thing but then before you know it people weren't even talking about it anymore and they don't even talk about it now and it hasn't stopped it's still going on yeah but what happened people have just become desensitized they were shocked they were you know but there was no response to it and therefore Yep. You then harden you yourself. You kind of move it. on. You move on yeah. to the next. So thing. I've I've walked out of movies, you know. Yeah, a number of times. I oh, just can you name some? Did you there. name some? What was it? Three weddings and a funeral. I think it was. We went to see it. Was in. It, we were in London at the time on a missions trip. Group had free time, and we went to see. Happened to be in the city when all the stars that were in the movie were were coming out and all this kind of stuff, and 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 showing it at the theaters there. And so we decided we would go see it on our break. 
And so we went to the movie theater and the first words were the F word. And we just, I got up and started walking and others joined me. And we all walked out of the movie theater. It was like, and I should have known British humor. It's like, you know, it's something about their, their lineage, right? So prim proper and whatever else that it swung the other way. Like we're just going to be as completely vulgar as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's like they they just it's just what they do. So we just walked out of it. But, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to throw up a sign and, you know, making a huge issue about it. Just I wasn't going to sit and watch and others decided they weren't going to sit and watch. And we just walked out of the theater. Well, now, and my question for you, though, is that is is that a blanket thing for anyone else? Because there's plenty of songs that I love. I love and there's a good couple F words in it. And it's not going to deter me enough from listening to the song. Do you think that's wrong? Or I up until now, it hasn't needs, deterred me. I just to say one needs to be cautious. One needs to know before God the condition of their heart. I mm -hmm. mean, if you're going to remove vulgarity, right? You're going to have it in the workplace. You have it around you in life, right? It's just a part of a sinful world. Yeah. But do you need to take it in, right? Mm -hmm. And do you need to digest it? Do you need that stuff in your, in your, if it's something that is going to influence you, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like watching an action movie. You have, sometimes it's like the writers are so terrible. Like all they can come up with is swear words, right? And you're like, this isn't even like a normal life setting. If I walked into an unbelieving realm and this is not how they would normally no talk, one's talking like right? This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I understand you're going to swear. I don't swear. I don't think it, you know, but it's like you walk into this environment and it's like and people use them, but not like, you know, sometimes they do it because they just can't think of anything better to write. So it's just like, you know, yeah, they do that. And it's like, well, I'm not going to sit through that. Right. It's just. Yeah. I, uh, I think, too, it comes down also, at least for me. A kind of a good judge is like. What are you mostly consuming? Because there's been times in my life where it's majority comedy podcasts. And there's like a few Christian ones that I like, um, but it's like mostly non-believers. And I don't think, again, there's anything inherently wrong with consuming a podcast by someone that's not a Christian. Like, I don't, you know, whatever. It's again, it's just you have to be discerning. But if majority of what you're taking in is that, and that's the majority of what you're consuming, and you are not spending most of your time trying to fill your head with thoughts of God, with like either not just Christian comedy podcast, but like a sermon, a book. Um, a, I mean, there are plenty of Christian podcasts out there that are great that are just top tack. Our podcast this is a great promotion. If you're not listening to podcasts like us on a regular <laughs> basis, then what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but no, but it's it's like the rarity for me is that I'm consuming something other than. So when I do, I feel very on guard because I'm not just inundated constantly by just the world's influence. You know, I mean, I am because I live in the world and around people, but I'm not just constantly just turning my brain off and zoning out and listening to whoever talk at me about their beliefs and without really checking it or whatever. And so I feel like if you have a majority of your day is not consuming that, 
then when you do, you're going to tend to be a little more on guard, a little more cautious, a little more aware. Certain things might stick out to you because you're like, oh, I don't typically hear people talk about this or like this throughout the rest of my day and what I'm consuming because I'm usually consuming more Christian-based content. Um, but I so, just, you know, I just to say, though, it's like you, one of the things that one needs to do is to know themselves and be honest about their their relationship with the Lord, you know, because I yeah. mean, one, you're in the word, you're studying the word, you're filled with the truth. That's going to be your, your means of, you know, dealing with things as they come. But knowing what, cause like some people, they can't watch something without getting involved in it. Like mm. when the, when the show's over, they're thinking about the characters. Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? I don't yeah. do that at all. I do not get involved in any. I could watch something for years, and I just don't get involved in it. I don't care when it's off. It's off. Yeah. It's just a show to me. It's just it's just entertainment. And most of the time, I'm not even paying attention. You're to half everything focused. That's happening and you're half my focused mind on something else. On yeah. Something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like I can do that, but other people can't. Right. Mm-hmm. I've known Why people. Cool? We watch the same show, and they go. Oh, I can't, I can't, you know, they're just too into it. And I said, well, then maybe you don't have to, should just not watch it then, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously you can't do this without it influencing you in some way. But I'll just say this, though. You know, when I had my accident, I was in the hospital. I was like, I, and I didn't even realize this, but, you know, I was in ICU for a long time, then finally got released from there and all that. There was no TV. There was no radio. There was none of that stuff at all. I finally got home from the hospital and I was able to, to sit back in my hospital bed and watch TV at the house. And I couldn't like, I was just like, all of a sudden I, I'm so sensitive. Like I can't believe they have commercials about this or mm. I can't believe they're saying that or saying this. Mm. It's like being away from it. I realized, right. How you can become desensitized to things. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it is good for people to take evaluation of what it is that they are watching, listening to, and all that. You can appreciate all those kinds of things, but one must be careful. They really have to be discerning. They need to know themselves, know where they are spiritually with God, and also know that there are just certain things you just shouldn't be listening to nor watching. I mean, I, I love comedy as well. I watched The Honeymooners for years. I used to watch The Three Stooges. So every night, late at night, you know, I can't sleep. I'm up, you know. I want to just laugh. And so I would watch The Honeymooners and stuff. It was just stuff about life. Yeah. They weren't believers, right? But there was nothing flat out, you know, profane and, and most of the stuff that was going on or anything like that. But they definitely were, right? But it was funny. It was funny because it was just about life and how most people see it and, quite frankly, how most people see it without God. So I always had that reminder, too, of this is what an unbeliever looks at well, when and they that's, look at the world. That's, that's something that, that's hit me more and more, too, is the more that I'm starting to, I feel like my eyes are being open to certain things. I'm starting to see certain scenarios and certain ways of handling stuff for what they are, I, and not that I'm any more knowledgeable than the next guy, but I, I just think that the more that I've allowed God to show me the world the way he looks at it, the more that I can start to see things with less of this fog in the way. 
But when I go to consume things like that, there are times I, I feel like I'm constantly thinking like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting that that was their solution because that's clear. Yeah. That's like I wouldn't have done that because of X, Y, or Z. And I could see how they got to that point or how they decided that, that would be their answer, whether it's a show, whether it's a comedy thing, whether it's a podcast, whether it's whatever. And you can you can see. You see the thought process of people who don't have God ever enter the equation and how almost like lost it leaves them where they're just really grasping at straws, hoping to like grab something that's going to like solve it all for them, even though that doesn't exist outside of God. So they're looking for an answer that won't be there. But it's, I don't know, I feel like, and that's probably a healthy place to be is that if you're, if you're noticing that when you're watching or when you're consuming and you're seeing, oh, this is different than me because I see this because of God and God has allowed me to see this aspect of life for how it is. And the next person that doesn't know God can't see that. And, um, I think if you have those kind of thoughts, you're for, it just, it's being aware and being a little more on guard to it. Um, but at the same time too, there's, I mean, there's a, there is, yeah, there are certain things like there's a difference between listening to a love song written by a non-believer and listening to a sex jam, you know? And it's like, yeah, don't need to listen to the other one. You know, there's, there's a complete, the completely different topics that are being talked about completely different way. You should be more sensitive to one over the other. I mean, sometimes I'll listen to a love song and I'm like, I'll just be like, this is too empty and meaningless and really devoid of what real love is because they don't know what real love is, that this feels yeah. like silly to me. So it's just not, it doesn't tug at my heartstrings. I'm like, this is silly. Like this is childish love before you ever know what hardship and real love is. And like what you, before you know what self-sacrifice is. But there are other plenty of great love songs that I love that are by non-believers that are just, they've got a great pen and they know what they're doing and and it's great. But it, But then it doesn't mean that I, I, again, there's a difference between a love song and a sex jam. I mean, if you, you know, you, as I say, you gotta, if you're in the scriptures, right, and you're in the word of God, the more sensitive you're going to become to things, not in the sense like overly, but you will become sensitive to things. You will find that there are things that you just can't have in your life and don't mm-hmm. want around you. And the closer that one draws to God, the the clearer one sees those kinds of things. And so in one sense to say you don't, you know, need to be, you know, entertaining yourself and, and dallying around with things that could be so completely destructive to you. I mean, better safe than sorry, right? You're better just to avoid it altogether as opposed to, you know, walking too close to a particular line for fear that you fear that you might step over it. Just stay away from it, you know? Yeah. But like I say, it, I mean, if if we're going to sit there and try to avoid everything, then we would have to remove ourselves from the world completely. And sometimes it is helpful for us to know the way that people are thinking and how they process things. But, you know, when you think about like love songs and that kind of thing, it, it is interesting that these are all songs of... of uh, something that should be directed ultimately towards God. It's just that they found other idols to worship and to praise and to delight in. What are you saying? And you can't write a love song about your wife? You can see the lostness. No, I'm not saying that. But it's going to be vastly different. That's true. It's going to be vastly That's different. True. Because, right, if 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 we follow Scripture, love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
then love your neighbor. So that's, you know, love between husband and wife and, and all of that, right? In that second command, if you're not doing the first one right, you won't do the second one right. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, 100%. And, and therefore, your love will your love for them will be selfless, truly selfless, and, and you will love them truly. But it can only be if you love God as he ought to be loved. And that's really the, the thing that one must ask themselves. You know, we've been going through Ecclesiastes. These things, even the good things in the world that God has given us to delight in, we must, and, and, and we can enjoy them, but we must be doing it in a way in which we glorify God. If we're not, then we have taken good things and made them ultimates, and they have displaced God. Mm-hmm. But if we enjoy them, and glorify God in the process of enjoying them, right? Then there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. So it's really in asking yourself, can I glorify God through this? Hmm. That should really be a question that people should ask, because if you cannot, then probably you shouldn't be doing it. Well, I think uh, another thing that changed for me is, again, like you said, you become more sensitive to things. There are certain things that I was okay with, and there were certain ways of acting or things that I said or whatever that I was or j- I joked about that it wasn't an issue for me. And um, and slowly as I've grown closer and closer to the Lord, I've just become more sensitive to those things. And they're just things that I don't find funny anymore. I don't find whatever, you know, I don't want to take lightly. Yeah. But at the same time, too, it's what is the most important? What do you value most? Do you value your relationship with the Lord the most? Because if so, if there's anything that is getting in the way of it, are you willing to drop it at a moment's notice? And that's something that I have to re-question myself because I'm like, maybe there isn't an issue yet with this thing, but am I willing to give it up? Am I willing to let this go at any point time, no matter what, if it was an issue? If this thing is getting in the way of my fa- and maybe one maybe it is for one per- like maybe you can't have a beer after work you can't because you d- you don't have the self control to be able to do it it seems to nine times out of ten always lead down a bad path and it's getting in the way actively of your walk Lord it's putting distance between you and God because you have no self control and you're putting that as see, your idol you, you hit you hit upon the issue when the first thing you said that when we think it's okay with me. That's not the issue. Mm. Because if we simply look at something and say, well, you know, I was okay with this, or I'm okay with doing this, or I'm okay with doing that, we're the standard then. Yeah. But that's not, that's not supposed to be the standard, right? It's like you said, it's when we are looking at, is he okay with this? Mm -hmm. Right. And if he is, then, then we can be okay with it. But if we're looking and say, I'm all right, I don't have any problem with this, but that's not really the issue. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, there's plenty of people that didn't have a problem with, you know, stabbing their wife or something like that. And it's like, well, that doesn't make, that doesn't change anything about what it, yeah. right or wrong there. Crazy enough, but, yeah, some might think there's no problem with that. Yeah. But that's the, thi- that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's the reason why the Word of God is so important, right? That's why it's necessary, because it's so vital to our life of knowing what is right and wrong. It is that objective standard of truth that lies outside of all of us. And there is no bias to it, right? And it just it holds all of us accountable to the same 
right? The same standards of, of life and, and relationship. Well, and bringing it back to Rondo, what so we said earlier, so don't be afraid to confess your sin in the moment. Like, and also don't be afraid yeah. to explore conviction. Maybe you feel yeah. a little sensitive. You're like, oh, I don't know about this one yet. And then you take some time to think. You're like, okay, well, this is what the word says. This does not fall into the category of it being wrong. And it's also not negatively affecting me. I just, I maybe culturally there's been a sense of like, this has been deemed as a little bit like, no, this is not something that we typically do as believers or whatever, but there might actually not be an issue. Like at one point going to the movie theaters culturally as a Christian, that was something you didn't do. And then you look at it now and you're like, yeah, that's kind of silly. Like I don't actually, that's not something that truly is wrong to partake in across the board or whatever. But if you're afraid, but if there's all kinds of things to factor in because I may not even go to the movie simply because I think it's a complete waste of money. Oh yeah, well that's just because I don't if, care. If to go I can to the take my money and if I can take my money and invest it in supporting a missionary somewhere, then I'm gonna do that for sure. Yeah, you know. So it isn't even always just the issue of content when you go mm-hmm. or the place that you go to. It's like it's also just other aspects of it that one needs to weigh. So my, my statement to others is, okay, if you're going to do that, then, then you know, be willing to, like you say, think through every aspect of it because mm-hmm. there's more things involved than just that, right? Because it's easy for us. We can say, well, okay, I'm not going to go to the movie theaters. I don't dance. I don't do these kinds of things. And, and here I'm great. But you could be compromising God in all kinds of other areas in your life, right? Yeah. But simply because you say, I don't do these things, there we go. I'm good. Then you have the moral you know? high ground. You checked off but, the bucket yeah, list. Yeah, but you could, be, you could be doing far worse oh, yeah. with other things that you're doing in your life oh, because yeah. simply you're not, you're not willing to scrutinize your own life with the Word of God and see where things are with you well, and, and, and him and how you're walking. So the thing like, is, is it, is it hurts being scrutinized by the word and being thing, having your heart broken down and softened up and, and it, it is painful. And so there's been many times where I'm, I don't want to think about it. I don't, I have for some reason, something inside of me is being stirred up by a certain action or a certain thing that I had been partaking in for a lot of my life. And I was like, this is always been fine to me and now for some reason it feels a little strange and I've become too afraid to really think about it because I'm like well what if this turns out to be wrong and then that means that now I have to lose this thing and there are times where it takes me maybe a day to really get to like really putting the thought in at, at, at points or there's been times where I push it off for months back like years ago where I was just like, I don't ever want to think, I don't really want to think about this at all. Cause I don't want, I don't want to think what the implications are going to be if this is actually something that I, that is wrong, but yeah. you're just hurting yourself in the long run. And if you have that slight inkling, think about it truly critically think about yourself and maybe if it's not inherently wrong maybe it is just wrong for you like i said with the drink yeah maybe in the word it doesn't say anywhere that you can't have a beer after work but maybe you can't have a beer after work and maybe because you know your track record you know who you are you know that it pulls you away from god you know that it gets in between you and what you're supposed to do so it is something that you have to choose and don't be afraid to analyze that and if you are afraid to analyze that that means that even if there isn't anything wrong with what you're doing, you care more about being able to partake in that thing than you care about the health and wellness of your walk with the Lord and of your relationship with him. 
because you won't take which the second would, look. Which, which also would end would make it wrong. You now have a problem. Yeah, yeah. then you now have a problem it's with like, it. Yeah, exactly. If you can't analyze it, and, and then there's an issue. That way, yeah. then one hundred percent. Yep. Because you're too scared yep. to give up on something. Yep. Well, uh, on that note, uh, I've got a a mighty fine pea brewing in my bladder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come bring us to a little bit of a close here, but. Uh, I was just going to ask you, what is, uh, you know, I just want to let the people, I want to be open and honest. I'm not afraid to address the things that are going on in my life right here and right now. There are some things it's okay to keep to yourself. No, no, I understand. I understand. I just didn't feel like that was one of them. I felt like that was something that brought us all closer together. Um, but what has been, uh, what's been on your mind over this last handful of weeks or so, or what's been kind of your main thought or your main thing that you feel like God's kind of been showing you recently? I I really have been. It's interesting our conversation because I really have been wrestling with truly desiring to be so focused on and God being so God centered, right? Even in in the good things of life and enjoying them and glorifying Him in them. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out what does that look like specifically in my life, you mm. know, um, because I'm realizing more and more how we do do this. We he, he gives us these things; they become ultimates for us. We invest so much in them; we'll sacrifice to get them. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and part of it I think is the overall picture for me is I just want to end well. I'm mm. I'm. You know, how much longer I'll be here, I don't know. Yeah. And I've seen those who have served the Lord faithfully for years and years, and then it's like, many can question whether that's been faithful, but then come to the end and think, okay, now it's time for me to live my life and get my part out of this. And yeah, I I just don't want to ever, ever, ever have that be a consideration. And so just for my own life, it's like, how do I keep God central and not peripheral and not marginal mm-hmm. even in just the everyday mundane things you know what i mean yeah because there's just so many things that in our life can turn our attention inward towards ourselves. for me it's the, the physical stuff it's so easy to be consumed with that that i'm not thinking outward that I find myself thinking inward and I don't want to be that way. Mm. And I know that God can't be central if I'm that way Mm. and nothing good comes out of us being self-centered. So that's kind of been similar to what has been on my mind. There has been a verse from a Psalm. I've been getting better at memorizing more verses. There's certain ones will stick out to me, but I'm, I never memorize the reference ever. Because no, that just doesn't even click with me how I'm going to memorize the numbers part of it. Um, but there is a psalm out there. And it's referencing something that David said. And I believe it goes something like this. Um, I shall not enter my house or lay in my bed, nor will I give rest to my eyelids or sleep to my mm-hmm. eyes until I found a place for the Lord. I think that's vaguely what it says. Pretty, That's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of been the thing that's been pretty pretty on my mind as of recently, where 
putting the spiritual before the physical always or trying to because it's so i mean you feel like a day is so short but it's also so long like yeah it's so and especially it feels almost in some ways the longest well it kind of feels the absolute longest when i'm far from god but when i'm also close and walking them it also feels a little long too where I get in that thing where it's like, I feel like I've conquered most of the day. The morning is done. Like It's like 3 p.m., 4 p.m. I'm getting really close to being done with work. I've only got a little bit of time left. And I'm like, oh, the day is over. But the day, <laughs> yeah. the day isn't over yet, though. I still have to be diligent in that last hour and a half. I can't just slack off to get the time over with. I shouldn't also, I'm not hungry. So I'm, I shouldn't yeah. just go snack. Just so that I have something to pick me up to make the day less boring, you know, or and then when I go home, it is not like, oh, finally, the day's done time to crash time to relax, because that's when you start consuming entertainment and you're mindlessly just absorbing in whatever you're watching. And so. If I need to eat three times a day, then I for sure need to be spiritually fed three times a day, at least. You know, so if I need to, and it's for me just finding my own life where, you know, I have my time in the morning right after I wake up and I have time in the evening after I get home from work. Um, But I need to start implementing time in bed before I fall asleep, time before I I relax. Like that's what became key for me. Doing in the mornings is great, but when I come home from work, it's like, okay, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I want to unwind. Well, I need to find peace with God before I can find relaxation physically. Because yeah. one is not even really fulfilling without the other. Physical relaxation really isn't fully fulfilling without being at peace with God first. And then yeah. if I'm going to eat my meal for the day, if I'm going to need a snack, if I'm going to do whatever, then I take the time. I need to feed myself spiritually now. Because if I'm at a place where I'm hungering physically and I need that, surely I'm hungering spiritually and I need that to help keep me going because I can go a day without food, but to go a day without time with God just intimately one-on-one is an unbelievably different day. It's an unbelievably different day. And if food, not eating food affects you so much, your attitude, your outlook, your energy, your everything. So then how much more does not feeding yourself spiritually affect you? So... And it's, and it's made me able to enjoy things more, too, where, like, I can enjoy my food more. I can enjoy my drink after work, my time watching YouTube, my my this, my whatever, my time playing video games, making music, doing whatever. Because I have prioritized my faith, my time. God is first. He is more important. He will come before everything else physical. And then yeah. I not only have taking that time to sacrifice one for the other and, and and just mentally been able to put on a pedestal, this is always going to be more important to me. But then the meal is better because I'm more grateful because I'm looking at God. I'm acknowledging him in the midst of it. My relaxation time is better because I have, I have found peace with him. I have found full, like no matter what the rest of the evening happens, what if something interrupts my time of relaxation and somebody needs me? Yeah. What happens if I finally yeah. plopped onto the couch and I'm like sitting there with my phone and I'm ready to watch, I'm ready to eat my food, and then one of my buddies calls me and he's like, hey, dude, my car broke down. I need you to pick me up. And I'm like, ugh, is that going to throw me into a tailspin? And now I'm like angry and annoyed because you've ruined my evening. Now I can't really relax. I can't really have the time yeah. that I need. And it's like, well, now what? Now you're completely disrupted? 
because you've been asked more of you has been asked out of you. But if I've already found that peace and found that true joy there with God, then no matter what happens, I'm not going to be disrupted because I'm fine. I found it already. I have what I need. And so I found that it is just, it's, it's starting to change everything. Just putting, like, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with eating your meal and then reading your Bible, you know? But at the same time, mentally for myself choosing to always put the spiritual above the physical and even in those moments i feel like when i'm starving and i'm like dude i just need food right now 10 minutes isn't gonna kill me sitting down and just thanking god for his abundance of what he's doing for me praising him asking him for help and wisdom over the next part of the day asking him for wisdom hey god listen i'm starving and I'm ready to eat, and I know that you provided me food, and that's amazing, and I'm grateful, but please help me not to use this as a reason to be overindulgent and to let my eyes be bigger than my stomach and just start stacking up the plate because I'm hungry, and it's my time to finally get my fill. You know, and so... Because it isn't just about the moment, right? It's about a way of life, and mm -hmm. it's like when you do that, it's like it's the overall whole of life that you're developing habits for, you know? Yeah, yeah. How do I look at life on a regular basis? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of been that's been my main uh, that's been my main focus uh, because I, having my time in the morning compared to the days when I don't, they feel like. Thankfully, I have days where I don't, where I was kept up late for some reason, and uh, and so I didn't get that time in the morning. But then I go yeah. find that time at work. You know, go find that time as yeah. soon as I get to work. Even if I have to sit in my car for 10 minutes and not get paid, then sit in your car for 10 minutes and take that time to pray, take that time to read, and then step into the, the office. Or on your first 10-minute yeah. break that you get, your first time that you get off, dedicate that time to prayer. Dedicate that time to meditation. Yeah. Do what you should be doing. And it just, my day without it feels unbelievably different to my day with it. And then so... And, and it also allows you to not get too caught up in the day because if I have all these mile markers where, oh, I want to eat. Well, I don't eat yeah. until I've fed myself spiritually. So now I know that I have time that now is just inherently, I know that before I eat, I do this. So now is yeah. just ingrained in me that this time has been set aside for God. And I don't have to worry about like, oh, I got to make time to fit Bible time. And it's like, no, I want to eat food. That means it's time to go spend five to 10 minutes praying meditating then go eat food yep. and you just find your whole day is just littered with moments of just one-on-one -on -one time with god that just weren't there before because you got too consumed and just let me get to the next meal and then you eat your meal and like oh let me get back into work because i gotta get this thing done oh let me hop into this because i gotta get this thing finished and you're by the time you know it he hasn't crossed your mind once you haven't yeah. thought of a, of a verse or much less read one in the last eight to ten hours and it's like that's you're setting yourself up to just you're setting yourself up to lose your mind in traffic on the way home is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's where usually it ends up. So, yeah, but it's been overwhelmingly awesome. beneficial. So, awesome. well, unless you, uh, unless you got some final, uh, closing remarks or anything you want to say, I feel like this is uh, we can button up this episode real nicely. Yeah. I hope you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one as much as I do. I hope that other people enjoy listening to these conversations as much as I enjoy having them. I yeah, it's sure. it, it's really nice because I really feel like 
with this podcast, I don't have to prepare because if I am spending the sufficient time in my walk throughout the weeks leading up, there's just thoughts. There's things. God is putting stuff on my plate. There are new ideas. There are new challenges in life that I'm facing. There are things to be talked about. There are things to learn. Um, Natural overflow, right? Yeah, it just comes out of you. It just comes out of you. Well, on that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the May God Help Us podcast, and we hope to see you next time. You know, not next week, because this isn't every other week podcast, because, you know, I gotta let, you gotta let it stew. You gotta let things happen. Yeah. You gotta let life take place. I'm sure at some point, if you guys listen to this more, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe up it to every week, but for now, I can barely get the episodes on time every other week, so let's not put too much pressure on me. Thank you for listening. And remember, as always, may God help us. May help us indeed.